this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now, today is a little bit of a bonus episode for you guys since it's July 4th. Happy 4th of July, Independence Day. And with everybody traveling around, eating hot dogs next to the grill and watching fireworks and hanging out with family, figure why not drop another episode and maybe you guys can listen to that while you're chilling with family and things like that. And uh, we have some extra content here today where we actually, I actually called into a show called Paranormal Portal with Don and Brent or Brent and Don, however you want to say it. I'm not sure if uh, they'd get upset one way or the other, but uh I called in and I actually recorded the conversation and uh, we're going to be playing that for you guys. And we are also going to be playing some audio that I actually, an interview that I did probably a year ago at least. And it's one of those interviews that I did and it just got lost in the shuffle and I just didn't realize that I never aired it until recently. And so 4th of July, no better time to do it now than now. And what it is, is we interviewed a guy from YouTube. His name is Jay, and he's from Woodward TV. If you look that up on YouTube, Woodward TV, great, great, great YouTube channel. And he comes on to join us and talk with us about some different topics. And while we are here, let's bring on my buddy, Wes Germer. Wes, how you doing, man? Doing well. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Sorry, I didn't call into an internet radio show, so I don't have any content today. But I'm sure whatever Tony is playing. <laughs> hey, you know what? Nobody can be as spontaneous as me. I uh, no, actually, we, I called in, and you were listening to that show, weren't you? I was. Yeah, I knew you were. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good show. I mean, uh, Brent and Don—they do a good job. I mean, all the, they they go on 
every night of the week, isn't it? It's what, seven days a week? Yeah, seven days a week. Yeah, seven days a week. They're on there every night doing a show. Uh, at least Brent is. Sometimes Don has to work. And that's got to be hard. That's got to be hard to do at least an hour show every day of the week live. There is no redos. And so I think they do a great job. And it's fun listening to them when I'm working on things. And I figured I'd call in and hang out with them a little bit tonight. And I thought it'd be fun. I, I was actually surprised you didn't call in to uh, you know bust my balls while I was on air. I was drinking vodka. So I figured probably not for the best. <laughs> Until you dragged me on here. <laughs> I know. Begrudgingly. It's all it, like, I was like, hey, let's, uh, I'm going to record this intro. You want to just hop on with me? And you're like, nah. I'm like, come on, man. No means no, Tony. <laughs> no means no. Uh, hang on a second. If no means no, then I say. What? what? <laughs> My computer just like geeked out on me and it didn't play the audio and you just did it for me. <laughs> oh, what? Man. What? I I told you when you said that on that show, I was going to use it in other shows to plug it into stuff. And I just used it on this past week's show because he said something about, you know, he's like, I just figured this whole thing out. It's a Scooby-Doo episode. And I, I was like, what? And I was like, that'd be the perfect spot. So <laughs> I replaced it with yeah. yours. I heard. But anyways, uh, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy 4th of July and let you guys know that it's a great time to celebrate. And uh, like I say, at the end of the show, you know, stay safe and take care. Really stay safe. You know, you know, we're drinking alcohol and having fun and stuff and playing with fireworks. It's never the greatest combination, but I can I can just say one more thing. It would be this. Happy 4th of July to the UK. That's right. Celebrating independence. And what a better week for the United States women's soccer team to beat the England team. That was fantastic. What a better week. What do you say about that, Wes? I have a large listening audience in the UK. I want no part of this conversation. <laughs> Come on, man. I need somebody <laughs> to gloat with. I mean, the United States women's soccer team took down the England team. I mean, we took them down at their own sport. It was great. It was great. <laughs> and I don't even like soccer or as they say over there, football. Whatever. Let's get to the show. <laughs> He just hung up on me, so he definitely doesn't want to be part of this conversation. So let's just get to the show right now. What? We got a phone call. Oh. Do you want to go to that? Yeah, let's go to that because it goes into Tom DeLong from there and okay. I'm not as excited about that <laughs> Tom part. Tom DeLong. All right. Well, Anonymous is on the air. <laughs> Yeah, let's go to that because it goes into Tom DeLong from there, and okay. I'm not as excited about that. Part. <laughs> Tom DeLong. All right. Well, do you? Do you Hello. Hi. <laughs> who, who are we speaking with? Hello. Tony Merkel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Tony? I, our own feed came back at us. Yeah, there. I, I was did. like, what? Fed back. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had the wrong button on. <laughs> Sorry about. That. No, no worries, brother. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good to see you or hear you. Yeah, good to hear you and see you and talking UFOs and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's the flavor of the day, I guess. You know, we just did a podcast about UFO stuff, too, so it kind of carried into it pretty nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> How's your night going? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going good, just sitting here listening to you guys, vaping and drinking water. Did there you, you go. Water's <laughs> important. Did, did, did you get West all taken care of then? <laughs> <laughs> 
vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Got him locked down in the basement right now. <laughs> ah, basement, yes. That'll do it. That'll do it, brother. So how's things? Uh, yeah, man. How's things on the confessionals? I, that was a, a amazing show. Last show was absolutely amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I thought it was a unique uh, story for sure. When he emailed me, uh, usually I schedule people, and um, you know they they have to wait their turn, kind of thing. And uh, when he sent me <laughs> when that story, I was just like, um, "Are you free tomorrow?" <laughs> you know, like, I gotta talk to you. Uh, so I was, I was pretty excited to hear the story and stuff. And, uh, you know, people have been seeming like they enjoyed a lot, which is cool. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I've, I've, and ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard that episode, please go over and check out the confessionals podcast. There's a, there's a cryptid described in there that defies all explanation. (laughs) I mean, I'd never even heard of something like that before, but wow. Great story. Yeah, and it, it was like that was the uh, the twist on the end of it. It was just like, what is going on here? I mean, it was a weird enough story, uh, <laughs> and, and it had like, little splashes of maybe paranormal, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the house with the furniture on the ceiling. But uh, when it when they were getting chased out of there by these upright deer, that was different. I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? And he actually sent me the uh, coordinates and the satellite image of the house next to the quarry that he was talking about and everything. And uh, it, it, it's definitely an exclusive area. And if I ever get out to, um, let's just say, the neck of the woods that he told me it was at, I'm definitely going to be going there <laughs> and looking for uh, some uh, interesting things. I would love to see that house with all that stuff inside. Mm. Uh, I wonder if it's even still like that or not, but who knows? Time will tell, I guess, if I ever get out that way. I never, I didn't catch on this story. How long ago did you say it happened? Well, he said it was in high school, and I don't know how old he is now, but uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook, and judging by his pictures, he's probably in his late 30s, early 40s. So, So you know, probably about 20 30 years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they're probably not running down to the Home Depot to get new shingles and stuff <laughs> on that house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, uh, I found that story interesting. But uh, I'm thinking, I think I actually, when I'm done listening to you guys tonight, I think I'm going to actually put together another show and put one out for tomorrow for the holiday. Oh, so oh, people have cool. something to listen to while they're driving around and watching fireworks and stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Public service done by Tony Merkel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's being patriotic and, and given. That's awesome, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. So the UFO disclosure stuff, you guys you guys are reading about that, the tic-tac-toes and all that stuff. Or not tic-tac-toes, tic-tac the UFOs. Yeah. Right. Um, but what do, you, what do you guys think about it? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the government comes out and pretty much confirms that, yeah, it's happening and, uh, you know, our our military servicemen have been seeing them and we're giving them a place now to truly disclose what they're seeing. And, uh, it's, you know, it, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But like in 2017, Mm -hmm. uh, the the government came out with the, you know, yeah, we spent $22 million on the Pentagon budget to, uh, investigate UFOs. And, and, but nobody was really, you know, worried about it back then because we were worried about, you know, the political atmosphere in the country and things like that. They barely touched on it. Right. And now they're, they're acting like it's all news. It's like they said it two years ago. You just weren't listening. Right. You know, right. what do, I, I don't know. I just what do you guys think about all of that stuff? Where, where are we going right now with the whole UFO thing, well, you know, with disclosure? 
the thing that uh, that occurs to me is that I think twenty two million dollars will buy you like a notepad and a pen in in DC, and that's about it. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's not really a big budget, you yeah, know. Yeah. I I would I, I'm not sure how many people they had like doing the investigations, but it almost seems like it's kind of like, uh, you know, sending the get well card instead of the bouquet of roses. It's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll throw some money at that. So it looks like we're doing something, but I, I think, I mean, I think really that those pilots are probably seeing a lot of crazy stuff, but, um, this is all that's just trickled down to us. Um, I, I don't know. It, it seems to me to be like, uh, the the baby steps towards disclosure of some right. kind like a soft disclose yeah what do you think don you know i think it's interesting that you know it's taken them this long i mean you know you would talk about bob lazar you know we, we you know he's been hot on netflix you know for the last two months now you know and um it, it was interesting that he was raided during the actual taping of the well, it was during when he was doing the interviews and stuff. He was raided by the, you know, the alphabet soup. But, you know, you mean I mean that's thirty years ago. That was nineteen eighty eighty nineteen eighty, and uh, you know that was a long time ago that he's telling us about this. But then, you know, we also have you know, um, you know, all the reports from everybody. You know, there. Uh, you know, let's let's not take in consideration Paul Hellyer or anything. Let's just go past that. You know, but we have so much information. We have so many, you know, witness, you know, people who, who claim to have witnessed, you know, all these things up close and personal. But at some point you have to wonder, I wonder, I wonder, why is Bob Lazar still breathing? You know, mm. I mean, let you know, I mean, if you if you if you say something sideways about a politician nowadays, you end up suicided. I think that's just Clinton's. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you know what I'm saying. So, you know, I mean, but, and, and Bob Lazar has been allowed to talk about it for 30 years, but the thing is, is he only talked about it like four or five times in yeah. these years, you know, and he really doesn't like talking about it because every time he opens his mouth, he gets raided, you know, that's mm -hmm. all there is to it. It might have something to do with the claim that he might have some element 115 somewhere that we'd still don't know, you know, right. as in, I was thinking about all this just last night I was working. I'm like, well, why is Bob Lazar? are still talking you know and then you know be, but i think it's because it's balanced by tom DeLong. you know it's it's balanced by these other guys that are just out there you know well you know be nice i, I know what you're I, saying but you know the, 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 they're out there it's like you know okay it's like mountain monsters versus you know fighting bigfoot <laughs> i mean come on mountain monsters is like scooby-doo for adults <laughs> i absolutely agree but i think <laughs> You know, the Chinese have always said, we've got aliens living with us. They've been saying it for 40, 50 years now, you know, and, you know, we go back to Roswell 47, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, all this kind of things, you know, it may be a soft disclosure. It may still just be a lot of dis, you know, disinformation out there, but I personally believe there's something out there, certainly extraterrestrial, maybe interdimensional, maybe inner Earth. Who knows? I mean, because I do love the idea of hollow Earth, and I do love the idea that a lot of these come from, well, Phil, uh, Phil uh, Schneider said it, you know, that, you know, maybe the, they're not, they're not. You know, extraterrestrial, they're interterrestrial or intraterrestrial. You know, so, you know, I like the idea. I don't believe we were put here by a bunch of angels, you know, and if, if we were, why not call the angels aliens, you know? So I don't know if that any, makes any much sense, but 
but I do believe that something's coming. Um, there's going to be some kind of disclosure regarding aliens because we've been asking the question too long. As a matter of fact, there was I think <laughs> I think it was more of a meme than anything. But there's a a day set up like September. 20th or something like that you know um that's been going around Let, let's storm area 51 they oh, can't God. stop all of us yeah <laughs> okay don't go I, ahead i, I, don't I bet you they can <laughs> you know but i mean i would love to go watch it you know? <laughs> apparently they've never heard of machine the funny, guns <laughs> yeah the funny thing the funny thing is uh area 51 is pretty much like a ghost town yeah. compared to what it used to be now. I mean, let, let, let's go storm it when there's nothing there now. Yeah, you know, exactly. like what they should be saying is let's go storm Wright Patterson. That's <laughs> where we should be storming. Dugway. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. Yeah. yeah I think, I, th- I don't think I've ever seen so much um, mainstream media, uh, quote unquote, disclosure right. in my lifetime. Right. And I can't think of a time that I've heard of such stuff going on to the point now that people who think I'm goofy for the things that I do are talking to me about what they saw on the news. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. I know. I've heard about that for two years now. You're just catching up. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, it's actually kind of irritating at times. It's like, whatever. Like I know this, like <laughs> talk about something new, but I, I don't know. Like I'm looking at this whole thing and I'm thinking this really sounds, cause they're saying things like, it's we can tell you it's not us mm-hmm. we don't know who it is right we don't know where they're coming from they're doing things that we don't know how to do right and which i think is a lie itself to be honest with you but i i think they, <laughs> they they know a lot more and they have a lot more technology in what they're telling us which is fine because for national security purposes i don't need to know everything that you have right and I don't but uh it. <laughs> you know yeah. it's like if you look at it i'm thinking to myself all right, so let's just say 10 years from now, it's, it's now like common knowledge that, yep, UFOs are real. We weren't sure what was inside these things, but now we're 99% sure it's an extraterrestrial being that are piloting these things. Yeah. What does that do for every other topic for the last 50, 60, 100 years that people have been saying, you're crazy, you didn't see a wild hairy man? Right. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden... The, the, everybody that's not into these topics, I would think, would have to sit back and be like, all this time, I thought UFOs weren't real. Right. And now they're real. Yeah. I thought that aliens weren't real. Yeah. And now they're real. Mm-hmm. What else is real that I made fun of before? Right. You know? Right. Well, you know, they say, they say you hold know, on, it hold took... Hold on a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that it's... I, oh, that's... Ghost app. The ghost, ghost app. app. The ghost app just went off. But I just want to say a uh, special thanks to Mr. Wes Germer for working hard to title our episode. He said <laughs> you guys should he said you should title the show How We Got Demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, bring, letting me talk on the show and stuff will get you demonetized because I sometimes say some crazy, stupid stuff that no. probably shouldn't be said. No, no. Go ahead, brother. You got you got the floor. I, I love I love it all. That's awesome. But go ahead. Well, Don. There's, there's some things that I won't even say on my show because I want my show to continue to exist. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, I got you. So we're your dumping point. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I, 
was going to say, because you mentioned, you know, you know, uh, about the hairy man, you know, and I finally, you know, people are finally coming forward with that. You know, the, I read somewhere and, and I've known this, but, you know, just recently I, I was reminded that, you know, it took like 50 years to find the mountain, the mountain gorillas. And it took, you know, 80 years to find the pandas. And somebody's asking, well, why is it taking so long for us to find Bigfoot? Well, here's a couple thoughts. First of all, we're lazy. We can't observe the natural order of things. Uh, as humans. But then again, you know, let's think about pandas. Why did it take us 60 years? Because we really didn't believe it was there. And then finally, somebody finally stumbled across this lazy, fat, black and white bear thing and went, oh, they're real. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, consider that what 75% of our planet's still unexplored you know, by foot, on foot, you know, boots on the ground, you know, but then again, let's say, okay, the, uh, the mountain ape, the, the mountain gorilla, mm-hmm. you know, okay, yeah, it took us 50, 50 years to get there because we were working on hearsay, you know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, when we finally got it narrowed down, you know, we, it was found. Now, here's, here's the real kicker, though. We believe if there is a Sasquatch, the Sasquatch has decided not to be anywhere near us, and they seem to be a lot smarter than a stupid, lazy panda. Now, don't get me wrong. I like pandas. They're cute and cuddly and everything, but they'll rip your face off if they have to. But <laughs> And so will mountain apes, mountain gorillas, you know? Sure. But the, pro- the point is, is that apparently they're a little more intelligent than your average, you know, Than your average ape. bear. <laughs> you know, so that's why. Anyhow, yeah. but... No, I, I think I think those are good points. Um, you know, they 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 obviously work on a high a lot higher intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Than anything else in the sticks, but you know, I mean, a, a mountain lion can avoid being seen. Oh, yeah. almost you know ninety nine percent of the time, and they're usually right over your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I imagine a Sasquatch doesn't have much trouble avoiding mm-hmm. us. But yeah, you know, I think it'll all come out eventually, don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, even. Uh, not to plug Knucklehead show, but even on Wes's <laughs> show uh, that he came out with, <laughs> his most recent show he dropped, uh, the first two guests, uh, they both said the same thing at one point in the show. Uh, the, I think it was the guy who was saying how when he was looking at this thing down the creek, mm-hmm. it dropped down and it was so fast that it was just gone. It was like he had a, like, I think it, it was like he said it, it was almost like he wasn't even sure like what just happened. And the second person, this lady said the very same thing that it dropped down. It was gone. Like, like it was just so fast. And it, it just, it shows that a lot of these people are, are seeing the same thing mm-hmm. that are displaying very similar characteristics. And they obviously have a way about them that can be undetected. Like if they, if somebody's seeing these things and, when you have your eyes locked on it, it can maneuver so fast that right. it, it almost looks like it disappears. Right. Yeah. Like clearly these things can be undetected if they want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible because they're reportedly so big and massive. Mm-hmm. Like we can't fathom the, what, how that's even possible. Uh, and even along those lines a little bit, uh, you know, people talk about how, you know, they, they, they heard it walking and it was just these heavy footsteps thudding through the woods. And it's like that in itself, it goes directly against the stealth thing. But at times it seems like they, it's like they don't even care. Right. And, but people will say that, um, they, 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 it it was so heavy that they felt it vibrating in their body. Mm -hmm. And I found that, I find that really interesting because, uh, one of the guys that I work with, he's from Africa and 
he I forget what country in Africa it was, but uh, that he that he's from. But his uncle or his great uncle was a a hunter and one of the most revered hunters in in the area. Like if there was something that needed to be killed, huh. they got his uncle to go do it. Wow. And so this guy was out in the woods, out in the jungle, whatever it is over there, uh, a lot. And when he was out there with his uncle, he heard, uh, or no, his uncle heard uh, something in the distance. And he said, we need to get going. And he's like, what? And then just as he said, what? He heard this thud, thud, Oof. thud. And uh, it was a gorilla coming towards them. And he said that when, when he, they heard it, he literally could feel the vibration in his body from this gorilla. God. And like he, he, we weren't even talking about Bigfoot. We were just talking about his homeland. Like we, the Bigfoot wasn't even on the brain, but it kicked into my head because of all the stories that I've heard right. of that very thing happening with Bigfoot. And he said that gorillas over there are like, you see gorillas in the zoo here and they're so uh, not like that in Africa. They're, they're much bigger. Right. He said that they're, they're out, in the, out in the wilderness so much that you can't even see their face because their face is overgrown with muscle and hair mm. that you can't even really see their face. They're just like these wild, giant monsters over there. Wow. And it just makes me feel like when you hear somebody tell you something like that from their homeland about gorillas, mm-hmm. it doesn't make Bigfoot sound that far-fetched. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not at and all. you, you got to wonder, like... <laughs> How in the hell can they? I mean, they're a big animal. There's no question about it. But when you think about the the Earth feeling impacts from the ground, that's huge. Being that far away, what the hell are they doing? How yeah. is that? How is that possible? But you know, I don't doubt that it is. It's just the, the amount of force that they can exert at will is just. I mean, it's amazing. Well, you know, it makes me yeah, wonder. Too. Ab- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Don. Uh, I was just no, going to. Go I was just going to say, you know, but. Let you know. Think about it this way, you know. So we know that. Uh, well, it's been reported. We don't know. We don't know anything. We know what's been reported, what's been analyzed, that kind of thing. But it's been reported that um, Bigfoot, if he don't, if he doesn't want you in his area, he will, you know, throw rocks. He'll he'll make sounds. He'll imitate and mimic. You know. So what's to say that he won't, you know, stealthily come up on you? And stomp, or you know, and then all of a sudden disappear because there have been reports of that as well. You know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, uh, we don't know where it came from, but there was these footsteps, and we went to investigate where it came from, and there was nothing. You know, so so they know how to move in their natural natural, habitat. you know, habitat. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have any idea how to walk through the, the 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 woods without making some kind of noise. However, I know how to walk down the street without being noticed. <laughs> I can true. I can prove that, you know? So, I mean, if you know your habitat, your area, your place of, 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 you know, where you go, where you've been, and you know how to move, you know how to do these things. So it's not really surprising. Yeah. To me. yeah. So, well, there is that. Yeah. And, and even like, when you think about when you're a kid and you're learning about the native Americans and how they hunted yeah. and things like that, uh, I, I know I learned this when I was a kid because I remember trying to do it in the woods all so the time. Heal, so I, I would try walking on grass and leaves right. real quiet, so quiet that nobody could hear me. And because I, I learned that Native Americans were able to do that and that's how they were able to hunt so efficiently and things like that. And it's like, you know, if Native Americans were able to do that because that was their habitat, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't think that Bigfoot is human. I, I, that's my personal thoughts. Mm-hmm. But these things are clearly... Uh, 
far more intelligent than any other thing out there that's not human. And why wouldn't they be able to do that? And then you hear uh, stories of the Native Americans saying that, you know, Sasquatch in their time back before we came here uh, did make fires right. and things like that. And, and that it was, it was the problems that they had because of them making fires that they stopped making fires, they stopped being detected. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that was crazy until I saw on YouTube probably like five years ago a bonobo learned how to make fire and uh, make a hamburger and marshmallow over the fire because he was, a, he was obsessed about a YouTube video that he was watching. This bonobo was watching a video <laughs> and obsessed over this person making a fire. He learned how to do it, and then he did it himself. And then you got these chimpanzees that are learning how to fish with spears because they saw humans doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like these primates are learning how to do things because they're obsessing over it and watching it. I mean, it's not that far-fetched that these these uh, Sasquatch out there have a similar ability. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, think of Jane Goodall teaching teaching that 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 gorilla uh, sign language. You know, I mean, they have intelligence. They're but not stupid. Was, was it Jane? Jane I don't I wasn't think so. Jane Goodall? It was. Um, There's Coco the gorilla learning sign language, right? So. But I don't know who I taught it. To who it was. But anyhow, the point <laughs> is, yeah, I digress. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, but. You're right. I mean, but, you know, think about that. You know, somebody taught an ape or a gorilla how to speak in sign language and they converse. They've got to have some kind of higher intelligence than what we give them credit for, mm-hmm. you know. So it, does, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, Yowie, whatever you want to call him, Grassman, who cares, Momo, whatever, is smart enough to stay the hell away and know how to keep us away Mm-hmm. by themselves from themselves you know so it's all about natural environment just don't ever don't ever uh yeah. encourage campers to watch videos outside and if they do don't don't watch planet of the apes <laughs> damn you to hell <laughs> don't give them any ideas yeah, exactly <laughs> they don't realize how big they are yeah now, now you know when i watched what when i watched the patty film the first time mm-hmm. The first thing I noticed was the stride, and the stride is very, very unique, and it's been covered to death, and I'm not uh, you know, trying to break any new ground here, but one of the first things I thought, you know, with the amount of flexion on, that, on that, the foot nearly at a 90-degree angle to the knee, I was like, that is, an, that is a being that has learned to walk in difficult terrain. You know, with that high stride and the the long, and that's why we trip like clowns going through the forest because we, you know, we lift our feet maybe an inch or so off the ground, and you know these things have have such a different way of locomotion that's just completely fluid and natural to them. But you're right. I mean, the fact that they can move silently. How many times have you know people talked about you know they 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 can be heard when they want to. They can stomp and you know be heard to intimidate the hell out of people to get them out of the area mm-hmm. but then they can go dead silent and be gone at the same time through impossible terrain yeah it's incredible absolutely incredible yeah uh well guys i'm gonna roll uh but before i get out of here i one i got i got two things to say okay uh one complete disclosure uh i've been recording on my end and i was wondering if i could use this clip on part of my show this, for tomorrow just oh, for extra content for people That'd be beautiful. Thank you. I'd be honored. All right. Awesome. And two, since uh, you're aware that people are listening on my end now, 
Uh, please wish them a happy 4th of July. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of all that Tony's doing, and uh, we hope you have a safe and wonderful holiday. Absolutely. Don, anything? Uh, just uh, glad to hear that there are so many people that are still interested in the 4th of July. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, we know our friends, Wes and Tony and everyone, Duke and everyone, you know, we, and we wish everybody a happy and safe saying 4th of July. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Everybody's interested in the 4th of July. Guns, beer, fireworks. <laughs> Watch this. Hold so, my beer. <laughs> uh, where, where, can be, where can people get your, your show, man? Paranormal Portal. Oh, you can uh, check out the Paranormal Portal podcast uh, everywhere that podcasts are. We do three of them a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Mondays are generally ghost-related. Wednesdays are UFO, uh, aliens related and Friday or cryptid related and you can find us on YouTube youtube.com slash paranormal portal check out our live streams we have a long back catalog of that yeah, we do. and you can hear us uh, on TFR uh, live that's our, our mother network for the radio show and that's on Friday and Saturday nights which is also broadcast on iHeart, tune in and talk stream live. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. I and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a bad rash. You guys are doing it right. Yeah, you guys are doing it right. Get yourself out there and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, thanks for letting me be on here, guys, with you and absolutely. chat with you a little bit. It was fun. Oh, thanks, thank Tony. you, brother. It was great hearing from you. Thanks absolutely. for calling in. Wow. Talk to you. Bye. All right, see you. Wow, there you have it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> oh, strange things happen in the portal. There's never a, there's never a normal episode. There isn't. I, what is it? I, is there a normal? Just, <laughs> is there a normal? It's a paranormal, Don. <laughs> it's all perinormal. It's all paranormal up in here. That's how we roll. But wow, uh, thank you for your call, Tony. We appreciate that. Was that was a good talk. That was yeah. nice, nice to kick back and uh, just share some thoughts. It's almost like a round table here on the portal. Hmm. <laughs> As I approached the stop sign, I got a clear view of the lake. It's about 20 yards from the stop sign to the lake. I looked over and crouched down next to the lake were two figures. I didn't think anything of it at first until I drove past the stop sign and one of them stood up and looked at me. I pulled over and stared at it. They both looked like mutant bears but muscular with human features. I could see fingers with claws. Its face was human-like but with a snout. I watched for a good minute until the second creature stood up and when it did, I hightailed it out of there. I don't know what they were. I think werewolves. But I never saw them again. Nor do I want to. Yes, this is the account of a woman out of Spring Lake Park, Minnesota. Apparently, there are werewolves running loose in North America, folks. The infamous Dogman. I know that there are a lot of people who think 
They're too old to be believing in werewolves. I mean, why believe in something that you've never seen? Why entertain such an idea as a real-life werewolf? Why? Because people claim to have encountered them. And even though their experiences seem crazy, we can't assume that they're all liars. Now, the majority of us have never encountered a lion, tiger, or bear even, and perhaps never will. This planet is bigger than you think. Most of the wildlife that exists has never been seen in real life by the majority of people that exist. But most city dwellers can swear up and down that there is no such thing as dogmen or other cryptoids. Oh man, they're just demons, dude. Well, if that's the case, then it doesn't help. In fact, that's worse, because demons like to follow you home. There are thousands of eyewitness accounts of Bigfoot and or Dogman. In other words, some claim to have seen both of these beings together. These Dogmen have been sighted in over 32 states and in other countries such as Norway, Brazil, New Zealand, Australia, Austria, the UK, and of course the list goes on. Now according to witnesses, this Dogman is a five and a half foot to eight foot tall 200 to 300 pound muscle man with thick fur, a humanoid face with a short snout, long pointed ears, fangs, elongated paws with possibly fingers and definitely claws, red or yellow glowing eyes, the works. People have seen these things running on their hind legs which appear to be bent backwards like a canine at speeds over 40 miles per hour. The odor that they describe ranges from a skunky smell to a dirty dog's ass smell. But the difference of odors between Bigfoot and Dogmen is somehow distinctive. Many assume that Dogmen are just another species of Sasquatch. However, many researchers agree that this is not the case, as Dogmen are a smaller and less bulky creature. They also tend to be more aggressive and less covert, as they seem not to care who sees them. Now Bigfoot does not seem to be a predatory being, but this dogman does. It has been reported that this being will stalk you, it will growl at you, and it would probably eat you, but of course you'll never hear that from the people that have been eaten. Predatory animals don't like for their prey to see them coming. It scares the prey off. In most cases where the predator is spotted by the prey, the predator runs off. In many cases they have, however, been sighted feeding on deer and other wildlife. Speaking of wildlife, these dogmen are frequently sighted when coyote are present, in areas where coyote are not normally present, which means that something is attracting these coyote to these dogmen. What's interesting is that UFO sightings have also often occurred in the same area around the same time as these dogmen sightings. Here's a funny thought. What if these dogmen are just the pets of alien beings, taken for a walk on earth, allowed to roam free preying on whatever and whoever? Or maybe these things are the human beings turned monster that we are all familiar with thanks to Hollywood. There is the story of a man who traveled to Portugal claiming to have met a man who was a werewolf. Now, he traveled to this small town in Portugal and met this guy who took him up into the woods and apparently began to transform. 
However, the traveler did get away from the guy, but only to stumble upon the home of one of the locals who already knew this guy was a werewolf. In fact, all of the townspeople knew that this man was a werewolf, but said nothing because they figured the traveler would just end up being another werewolf snack. Now, guns seem to just scare dogmen off. Bullets have very little effect, if any at all. People have reported shooting them, and these beasts just run off into the woods and are never found dead. Also from what people have reported, these things, like gremlins, don't like bright light, or electronics for that matter. This tells us that these beings are very sensitive to certain frequencies, as well as emit certain frequencies that animals and humans are sensitive to as well. People sometimes say that these dogmen give off the strange vibe of feeling angry towards humans. Maybe because these dogmen hunt and eat the same game, and see us as a threat to their food supply because all they seem to do to humans is scare them off. Look at it this way. An animal will in most cases attack you because it is afraid of you. Humans do it all the time, but dogmen usually end up growling at folks. Speaking of growling at people, here's something that I found interesting. The hair on the dogman's body, like Bigfoot hair, is not just ordinary hair, but is expected to be what gives these beings the ability to cloak or camouflage themselves, like the predator. And the growling actually sends out a vibration that stuns people or clouds their minds so that they can't see the beast even if they know exactly where the creature is. More and more people are coming out with these stories of dogmen, and the discussion is growing. I do believe in the near future we will learn the truth about these sightings, and we will know for certain that these cryptoids exist. But until that day, the tales told of Dogman are great for some campfire fun. Alright, tonight I have a really good guest here tonight. We have uh, a guy who runs Woodward TV on YouTube, but he goes by the first name Jay. Jay, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Tony. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Listen, uh, you are somebody I wanted to talk to for such a long time, dude. Uh, I found your YouTube video, I, I think it was a couple years ago. It had to be, I don't know, at least a year ago. It was uh, your Bigfoot video. And uh, I, I came across your Bigfoot video and just the way you laid out the information about Bigfoot uh, really grabbed me. I was like, this guy, he he knows how to get the information out there in a, con- a short, concise way. It was just fantastic. And I think I reached out to you then and stuff. And this interview has been a long time coming. So I'm really excited to uh, talk oh, with yeah. you, man. Oh, yeah, that's it has been a long time coming. Um, I think actually yesterday, the 8th of June, was the anniversary of the channel. Wow. So I started this channel 2016, June 8th. Okay. Um, I could tell you a little bit about how I got into this. Yeah, I would love for you to do uh, that. My background is graphic arts and advertising. And a little over a decade ago, I became interested in music composition. To put it simply, my area of expertise is art. And in uh, around 2014, I was able to release a 15-track album called Awakening. It's no lyrics, just all music. Uh, It was originally designed to uh, fit 
um, visuals, somewhat of a score. And throughout this entire period, I've also been very deep into unexplained phenomenon, birth mysteries, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, health and nutrition, law of attraction. And so many of the things that I discuss on the channel are a culmination of the things that I've gathered over years. And I just kind of held on to those things in the back of my mind. And uh, this was a great way for me to express those opinions and theories and the information that I've gathered from other people. Okay. Uh, I also was very interested in writing at that time. So I was putting out a lot of information on the law of attraction and health and nutrition by writing articles. Uh, my main uh, source for that was, uh, I'm sorry, the, the way that I was putting that out was through easing, which was a, I don't know how popular it is today, but it was very popular back then for uh, um, presenting articles. But anyway, after that, I, uh, before I started Woodward TV, there was Kaleidoscope. I don't know if you noticed the intro to each one of my videos. There's this Kaleidoscope uh, yeah. policy that shows up before the video. Now, I did that to represent a channel that was based on art. It was all visual art, uh, mostly spray can art. Um, I also put some music videos together just to showcase my music. But there was something missing. I wanted to, I had all this information stored and I wanted to present that to people. But I didn't just want to get in front of a camera and talk. And that was probably my first mistake when I first started the uh, Woodward TV. The first two videos was just me in front of a camera. And they were doing okay, but it wasn't, I, I, it, wasn't it wasn't satisfying. And so after the first two videos, I took about a month off. And it was funny because I, I was watching YouTube and this video came up. And the narrator had a very deep, calming, but evangelistic voice. And it was on top of music. And there were awesome visuals to go along with it. And it gave me this great idea. And I was like, I need to model this format because this is, and this is what uh, a lot of YouTubers don't understand what's going on right now with YouTube. And, you know, there's a lot of YouTubers out there struggling to uh, get their channels to grow. The thing about YouTube is what they're looking for is basically TV shows. And, and if you format your show based on what has been done for years and years, and they have, they have uh, become very proficient, you know, cable television and these major networks, they have, they have mastered the game. And when it comes to app, including advertisements into those videos, um, it's very effective. So what I did was I modeled my videos after that concept. And so this is where the narration comes from. I do use a script because I don't like awkward pauses or ums or 
you know, the normal things that come out in the regular conversation that kind of expand the time frame of the video. So I needed to uh, cut all those things out. So I started writing scripts. And another reason I started doing that is because all the information I had, I couldn't possibly recall that information in a live video. So I started using scripts and I started to edit my videos uh, according to all the techniques that I've learned over the years. And uh, after those first two videos, I did a video on Planet X, if I can remember. Yes, it was a video on Planet X. And that video did very well. And I did about 11 videos total before I got to one video that was uh, on the, uh, actually, your friend Ellie Marzulli uh, did a video on fairy. Yes. I don't know if you saw that, yes. And I did a uh, presentation on this, and that actually went viral. Uh, I think within, like, just a week or so, it went up to 100,000 plus views. And since then, I've been consistently sticking to those topics, uh, trying to explore the strangest possible things I could, but not try to tell it in a way. I didn't want to present the information the same way everyone else did. I wanted to try to include certain nuggets of gold that people were not presenting. And uh, so here we are. Yeah, I mean... You you really do do a good job of presenting information in a way that's comprehensible and gets you thinking, and and that's the thing. Like I, one of the things with your videos is it really gets me thinking, even if it's topics that I've heard before and things like that. The way you present the information uh, really really gets me thinking. A lot of times. I don't have the opportunity to actually watch the video because I drive truck for a living, and so I listen to everything and even just listening to your videos, it just gets my gears turning. And, uh, you know, watching your videos obviously do, does that as well. Uh, before we go any further and stuff and kind of start diving into some topics, uh, where can people find your YouTube channel? What's it called? Uh, it's called Woodward TV. It's, uh, all one word. And, uh, if you, I mean, if you just type that into the search engine, it would be fairly easy to find. I, I'm right at the top. Yeah. And so uh, that's, you know, Woodward TV. And I'll put a link to his channel in the show's description. So people can just kind of go and click on the link and it'll take you right to his channel. But um, for tonight, uh, you know, we found out the background of how you kind of came about doing all this stuff, which is really cool, because it seems like uh, you have been made for this. I mean, between the the music production and that background and the writing background, it seems like you've taken what you kind of been made to do and put it all into one uh, channel and presenting it to the world. And I think you're doing a fantastic job doing it. I mean, you cover so many different topics on here. Are these all topics that you have personally been interested in? Or have you kind of run out of topics to talk about that you've been studying and kind of had to learn about other other stuff? Uh, these are all topics I have interest in. The way I do the channel is I try not to have uh, repeat topics back to back. Like I said, I, it, it's, I try to make this as it's an actual TV channel. 
So every episode right. that you watch will be on something different. Now, I may revisit topics, but not that often. Uh, what I tried to do is I tried to throw everything in an introductory manner into 15 to 20 minutes at the most. 20 minutes is about the uh, attention span of the average person. If you go over 20 minutes, t- people tend to, you know, nod off or they get distracted. So I try to keep everything within that time frame, 10 to 20 minutes. And it's an absorbable amount of information at once. No. Uh, when I first, yeah, when I first started, it was two to three videos a week. Now it's really once a week because I have to go more in depth with the research and I can't, I try not to present information that I've already presented. Uh, you're right. Everything that I've done uh, for the past 10, 15 years has led up to this point. And so now I am presenting all my talents into this, into this channel. Yeah. Now, when you started this channel, uh, was this like the end goal? I mean, obviously you want the channel to grow and stuff, but did you think that it would get to be this size two two years from now? I mean, because I know when I started my podcast, uh, I was I went through stages of wows where like when I first started, I remember my first download, my first day of downloads, I had 200 downloads. I was like, wow, that's really good. That's really cool. You know, like people actually listen to my show. And I remember the first time I broke a thousand downloads, I was like, whoa. Wow, a thousand people listen to my show. Mm-hmm. And but now looking back on it, like if I had a, a day where I had a thousand now, uh, I'd be like, what the heck? Ha- what, what, what happened? My world is falling apart. <laughs> it's like, you know, like for instance, uh, you know, this, uh, this week's uh, podcast, uh, just on Sunday alone, this past week's uh, podcast, just on Sunday alone, had over 36,000 downloads. So if I had a day mm-hmm. where I had a thousand, I'd be like, um, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing here. So, you know, with your channel and stuff, was it kind of like that where you went through stages of progression where you're like, wow, this is, you're hitting new levels and stuff? Or was it, you know, you have what, almost 300,000 subscribers now? Is that something that you're like, yeah, of course, I, I expected that? I've always had the intent of growing the channel big. I wasn't, in the beginning, I wasn't really, well, I was the same way you were. You know, in the beginning, I was kind of, you know, surprised. I was like, wow, this is, you know, really doing a little bit better than I expected. Um, but that wasn't, my expectations of that were uh, uh, felt a little bit higher. So I guess you could say I had the intent of having it grow this big. And I intend to have it grow even bigger. Uh, but I kind of knew, like, this is what, this is how, this is the, uh, how YouTube works. And this is what, I mean, it's just my opinion, but I, I had this uh, idea of how YouTube works. And I tried to play that game by basically just coming up with, because as you can see, my, my show is pretty consistent. It has an intro. It has a, uh, an outro. And I pretty much tried to stick to that same pattern of consistency throughout all my videos so that when you come back to my channel, there's no surprises. You're not going to see me on camera one day and then see me off camera the next day. You know, so it's, it's pretty consistent, just like a TV show. I'm just modeling just like a, a regular television show and it works and, you know, it works for me. But I have seen yeah. other YouTubers do the same thing and it, they, 
their channels are, uh, you know, in the million plus subscribers. Doesn't mean that that's what the number of views they get. Uh, because in, in the beginning, I was getting way more views than I was getting subscribers. And uh, that was one of the things that helped my channel to grow fairly quickly. Uh, not to mention that I was covering several different topics. And that surprised a lot of people. And that kind of led people to come back to the channel for more information, more like a drug. But yeah, I had the same... I had the same experience in the beginning. And then when it started to roll on a regular basis, you know, I was expecting thousands of views for, you know, certain videos. I knew certain topics were going to uh, uh, just take off. You know, it you know, doesn't matter how, many, how crazy the topic was. I knew that topic was going to be a topic of interest. And th that's pretty much how I set up the format for the show. So with your channel and, you know, the different topics you cover, I mean, you cover uh, Nephilim Giants, the Book of Jasher, Book of Enoch, Harp, uh, the Great Deception, uh, you know, diets, like you cover a lot of different things. Like, and it's, you always title your videos, like you said, consistently what you need to know about and then whatever you're talking about. Uh, when it came to your everyday life before you started this channel, was this something that everybody knew you were involved in or was this something that like the people around you kind of learned about, you know, different things about you that they didn't know through your channel? No, actually, everyone uh, who's close to me, my close friends and family, they pretty much knew I was into this stuff. Um, I talk about it all the time. But, uh, you know, they, they never would have imagined that I would take this to this type of level and come up with this channel. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah it's funny how that works and stuff i mean it's basically a very similar thing with me with my show and stuff i mean uh for me it was you know most people didn't know i was into the things i'm into and then once i actually went public with it and the you know the cat was out of the bag i don't think many people you know would have thought that i would have started a podcast and made it as big as it has gotten uh but you know it when you when you're passionate about something uh you're able to you know do things maybe that typically you wouldn't do just because the passion drives you. Uh, and clearly, when people go to your channel and they check it out, it's it's one thing is clear. You're very passionate about these topics because nobody can sit there and make all these videos about these different things without actually being passionate about it and knowing what they're talking about. Uh, you know, one of the videos that you made that kind of got my gears moving, like I said, when you make these videos, uh, you know, it's like, something you it does something in my brain and i start thinking about things that either i didn't think about before or i just thinking about them in a different way and one of the videos you made was about the giant ancient trees uh that was fascinating oh. to me because i had never ever thought about that before and uh if you know the audience that may not know what i'm talking about stuff could you go into that a little bit as to you know how first of all the idea of giant ancient trees, is that something that you kind of thought of and then started looking into, or is that something you came across along the way? Okay, so giant ancient tree stumps. Okay. So this is something that was, uh, I heard about this uh, from a broadcast, uh, from another podcast. I'm not really sure which one, I can't remember. When I heard it, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, what? What, what? So I went to the source, which is called uh, There Are No Forests on Earth. Uh, 
there's another one titled There Are No Forests on Flat Earth. Uh, but the actual video has absolutely nothing to do with flat earth. Uh, this was created by a Russian man. He calls himself David, and that's the only identity that we know of. Uh, he was on an interview, a short interview. I can't really recall. I have to go look it up, but uh, that is the only interview that he is on. Uh, that video is about an hour or so long. And as I was watching it, I was completely fascinated by the topic. And it made me think a lot about uh, prehistoric uh, life forms, uh, how things were in those times. And I knew this was going to be a great, uh, I knew it was going to be a great video, but I also knew that it was going to take a lot of heat. So that didn't bother me. Because I also knew that as people were coming in with negativity, that was just going to make the view count go up. So exactly, I tried to present it. Yes, I tried to present it in the best, most reasonable manner. Uh, a lot of people claim that it kind of sounds like you know it does come from me. It does not. It is uh, this is someone else's uh, presentation and opinion. You know. I'm basically just trying to uh, figure things out. Uh, one of the interesting things about the uh, tree stump, well, first of all, there's a lot of debunking of this because a lot of people are associating this with uh, flat earth. Like I said, it has nothing to do with flat earth. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, how much do you know about Devil's, Devil's Power in particular? Uh, not much at all. Not much at all. Well, in uh, Wyoming, in the uh, northeastern end of Wyoming, there is this uh, extrusion called Devil's Tower. It's, uh, and it really, when you look at it from a distance, it looks like a tree stump. And uh, actually, this is the one uh, structure that looks the most like a tree stump. Every other structure, all the other mazes around in Arizona and California, uh, around the world, Venezuela, they do have similar uh, qualities to a tree stump, but this one looks the most like a tree stump. And so I wanted to do a little investigating into that. Now, most people think that what that tree stump is, well, actually, we stop calling it a tree stump. <laughs> they, you know, we're not really sure, but uh, what it is, is most people think it's basalt, basalt rock, which is a uh, igneous rock that's formed from volcan a vo extinct volcano, okay? And so one of the theories is that this was a volcano plug, and what happens is when the magma starts to cool, you have all this soft earth material around. the. Uh, hardened magma basalt and what happens is over time it rains and all that sediment starts to uh, disappear and what you have left is this uh, structure which has a lot of uh, geometric shapes to it uh, particularly hexagonal shapes now basalt 
is actually a very, it's usually black, and you usually find it on the coast, ocean coast. Uh, Giant's Causeway is, is a good example of this. And uh, if, you, if you go Google Giant's Causeway, you're going to look at it and you're going to see these hexagonals. It looks like it's something that was built. It doesn't look like anything that is considered natural formation, but it is natural. Now, Devil's Tower is not, but calling it basalt is kind of a misnomer because it's not really basalt. It's uh, phenolite, and uh, phenolite has a good amount of silicon dioxide. Now, silicon dioxide is found in diatoms, and diatoms are found in plant life. They are uh, responsible for photosynthesis. So about maybe, I think about 20% of the carbon found in the atmosphere comes as a direct result of these diatoms. Wow. And so what we, ha- what we have here is a problem because we have geologists that are all agreeing that this is some type of a uh, volcanic extrusion and it couldn't possibly be anything that we think to be a tree. Uh, but we are talking about geologists and, you know, they have a club, you know, and no geologist is going to risk their career trying to prove that this is a giant or anything that's going to be a giant ancient tree stump of that, of those proportions. Uh, there is, there are dozens and dozens of these structures all around the world. And many of them have this structure that goes, it spreads out from the bottom and then it goes straight up and it's flat on the top as if someone chopped off the top. Now, there are, I'm trying to think here, remember, uh, there's several in uh, Africa, uh, Ethiopia, we have a few in Australia, uh, Tapui in Venezuela is one. Uh, These are the ones that mostly look like tree stumps. Uh, some of the other ones look more like mountain ranges. Uh, the difference is that uh, Devil's Tower, uh, in particular, is kind of isolated. And so, if this were a extinct volcano, there are no ash deposits and there are no lava flow. There's no evidence of lava flow anywhere in that area. But wow. if you go further west towards the northwestern part of Wyoming, you get to Yellowstone. So that part is, you know, all volcano. But uh, since I posted that video, there has been an explosion of people researching this topic. And so now there's new evidence coming out that... Uh, you know, it, it kind, it's kind of <laughs> refuting what the geologists have been saying. Really? And, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, there is evidence that comes out of China. I uh, can't remember the name of it. The Cladoxylopsis is the, the, the name of this type of tree. And they believe this to be the oldest tree in existence. Wow. And when they test this, these are actually volcanic fossils that they have found. Now, most people think that the trees we are most familiar with today, they have uh, age rings. Okay. So when you, you cut a tree down and you can see the rings inside, and that can tell you the age of the tree. These trees that they found don't have that type of structure on the inside. The xylem, which are the tubes that transport the nutrients up through the tree, instead of it being one, instead of it being a series of circles throughout the entire tree, they're little tiny, they're like little trees within one big tree. And then the center of that tree is hollow. And so what you get is this uh, cross-section structure that looks very similar to the structure on top of Devil's Tower. But they, only, but they say these trees can only uh, reach a maximum height of about 8 meters or so. Whereas Devil's Tower, there's some speculation that maybe it could have been as high as 19,000 feet which is pretty high, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the tree grew that tall because there are a lot of trees that look very stocky and very, you know, short. So this could be a very large but short tree, a very old, large but short tree if you were to look at it. But uh, I found a lot of uh, uh, interesting things about Devil's Tower in particular and uh, many of the... Uh, People were trying to debunk it, you know, they, they're bringing up pretty good cases, but there's a lot of missing elements to those uh, presentations. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this, I, I see, now, ever since I saw that video, I see a tree. I mean, and I actually, look, I did look into it uh, as far as like pictures go and stuff. And I remember seeing pictures of the top of this thing, and it looked like it had rings going around it like a tree. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, uh, but this kind of can kind of morph into another topic here. Uh, what are the odds that you know giants did roam the earth, and, and which I do believe that giants roam the earth, uh, and they cut down these trees? Uh, and before we get into that, actually, I want to ask you this other question: uh, Is there a reason why you think that there's only dozens of these? Uh, if they were trees, you'd think there would be more than just dozens of them, uh, unless maybe they, there was no need for dozens because they were so large, they served uh, a much bigger purpose. Yeah, it's very hard to tell. Um, my thoughts on that is because the tree is such a, it's such a large structure. And like I said, if you look on the inside of some of the uh, ancient fossils they found in China, it looks like a bunch of smaller trees within one large unit. Uh, that's one way to look at it. Uh, another way to look at it is just plain erosion uh, could have taken out a lot of those structures to where you just are nothing. There's nothing left but a mound. Right. Okay. 
depending on the age of the tree and, you know, how it came to be destroyed. And that's another question that we kind of have to look at and try to figure out, you know, because some of these tree stumps look like they were broken and some of them look like they were cut off. Uh, if you go, there's another section called Devil's Post Pile. And this is another structure that looks like the, the tree. When you look at the stump or the, uh, the structure, it looks like if it were a tree, it looks like it had fallen over and had bent. So when you look at the structure, there, there are, there's rubble at the bottom. I wish, I, had, I wish we had visuals of this, but uh, it looks like it was a tree that fell over and splintered, and you can see where it would have been. And that, I thought that was very telling, you know, to, uh, in comparison with Devil's Tower. But yeah, uh, how about we do go into the uh, topic of uh, giants? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can uh, just start us off with, you know, with my original question, which is, is it possible that these things were cut down by giants? Because some of them look like they were cut, like like uh, Devil's Tower looks like it was cut. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you know, you're taking two uh, stories, these two different topics that theoretically don't belong together, but you're putting together because uh, giant trees, giants roaming the earth, you know. What are the chances? A lot of the topics I discuss on uh, my channel, uh, almost all of them, you can draw a map and connect the, each topic to one another, and it'll work out just fine. Many of the topics are based on uh, what we're about to get into, and that goes all the way back to the fallen. Uh, I think it is possible that yeah, if these if they were giant trees, then most definitely yes, they would have definitely have the technology. If we consider what the fallen taught man back then, they most definitely probably had the technology to do such a thing. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't absolutely no reason to believe that they wouldn't be able to do such a task back then, especially if giants were at the size that some of the ancient texts uh, detect them to be. Right. I mean, some of the ancient texts and stuff talk about these giants being, uh, well, I mean, we talk about Bigfoot being around anywhere between 8 to 10 feet tall, uh, but these giants, I mean, you're talking about, what, 40, 50 times that height. Oh, yeah. The uh, giants mentioned in the book of uh, that Enoch describes are actually that high. We're talking monstrous Godzilla height. Uh, the giants that are post-flood are actually a little bit smaller. They seem to be um, just extraordinarily big people. Uh, but there is a lot of speculation that they have bloodline that go back to the Nephilim. Uh, I think that's possible but we are talking about uh unsanctioned spirits or uns yeah unsanctioned spirits see everything that god has created would be considered uh sanctioned spirit okay uh our children sanctioned spirit but anything that is created outside 
of that sanction would be considered an abomination. Okay. And that's what the Nephilim were. Now, ordinarily in the, in, in the animal kingdom, when you have uh, an abomination, usually that offspring can't reproduce. They're just cut off. That's just the way nature works. It cuts them off from ever being able to reproduce again. So you can't make a hybrid and make another hybrid and then make, you know, you can't keep going generation after right. generation of this type of uh, creature. So my thoughts have always been, you know, after uh, the first generation of giant, that was it. Now, in order to continue that bloodline and to continue to pass it on, there has to be some type of a genetic manipulation there. My thoughts on this whole thing are a little bit different than what people have been saying. So it was kind of hard for me to explain without having to review it over and over in my mind. Okay. Uh, so what we have here in the beginning, okay, let's, if, let's, if we start from the beginning, okay, we have the creator and we have his first two creations, okay? One would be Jesus and the other one would be Lucifer. And after that, we have a entire plethora of cherubim. So these could number, or angels, they could number anywhere in the hundreds of thousands. We don't really know, but we know that there were plenty of them. On Mount Hermon, there were only a few who decided that they would go down to earth and take women as wives. This wasn't the, it was about 200. Okay, this is according to the book of Enoch. But this was not all the angels. You have to remember that Satan took with him a third. So these are two separate groups here. Now, the group that had taken the human women for wives, they had offspring that would grow to be giant. Now, the question is, why would they grow to be giant beings? One of the things is uh, the uh, the earth, the structure of the earth, the uh, the environment, and the, one of the things about angels is that when you're looking through the Bible and it describes angels, they are described as being actually massive beings. Right. Uh, I forget the wingspan on one angel is to be about a city block. So we are talking about huge beings here. So it would stand as a reason if they were to take human bodies and have offspring, then they would probably follow the traits of the angels plus being human as well. When it comes to the idea of uh, these Nephilim and these these creatures, uh, are you saying that once the flood happened, you don't believe there were any more giants created or do you are you saying that there the giants that uh that existed after the flood were more of a a downgraded version of what existed before the flood yeah i, I believe there's probably remnants of some genetic coding that could have passed down through uh some of the later survivors of the flood 
And one thing about the flood is, you know, the Bible says that everything was destroyed. Um, if that's true, then the only remaining genetics of the giants would be in the uh, children of Noah, uh, specifically Ham, who would be the ancestor to Goliath. Um, the giants before that time also, oh, another thing, a lot of people think, you know, that uh, uh, a lot of people disagree with the uh, Genesis because of the fact that the destructive power of God, they didn't think that God would destroy mankind and the giants, you know, they, they tried to humanize God and try to figure out why would God destroy all these people amongst the giants. And uh, that's where the 120 years comes from. Uh, because if you look into the book of Jasher, it explains that 120 years is actually the life cap for everyone else. Okay, not the giants, not the Nephilim, but the people who are living in that time. He capped off that so that they could live their life and they wouldn't have to experience the devastation of the flood. So what God did was he let, he let everyone... He set their age to be 120 years because, of course, people back then, they lived much longer. So he capped off their lifespan, and he let those people die off naturally, okay? So everybody who was left are the Nephilim and the defiled human beings and Noah's family, okay? Because you have to have, you still have to have a family to carry on the, um, the lineage, you have to carry on, you know, the lineage even after the flood. If everything is going to be destroyed, you have to have someone there to carry on the uh, human race. So after all these people were uh, let to die, then the floods came. But Enoch was more of a messenger. And at that time, he was trying to go to these Nephilim and he was trying to explain to them that you still have a chance to live if you, you know, if you show your devotion, you know what I mean? It wasn't that they were doomed from the beginning. It was that they didn't listen and they were uh, in rebellion against the whole idea. And so, you know, therefore they were wiped out. I mean, you can't have giants running around the earth, especially uh, the things that they were doing as well with animals. And, uh, this is one of the other things that I uh, thought about when it came to dinosaurs. And I often wondered, I wondered if dinosaurs were the product of the Nephilim as well. And it turns out that uh, the dating of these, uh, the dating of many dinosaur fossils is not actually what they're telling the public. They're actually a lot closer to the modern age than they are actually millions of years old. That's something that I explore also with the idea of this, you know, Bigfoot topic, uh, is that, is this some kind of remnant from 
what the fallen angels did with animals. And I know you listened to my think tank show and I talked about it in there with the book of giants and what it says in there, uh, you know, miscegenation is creating a hybrid creature. And so when it talks about doing that with animals, uh, what do you think the offspring is going to look like? If you're, if you're willing to accept the fact that, you know, Genesis six verse four, and what it talks about there is, you know, offspring as in giants, which, you know, you and I are on the same page with that, I believe, uh, you know, some people want to argue that that's not that's not what that means, but I I don't think that uh, if when you actually look into it, I don't think you can make an argument for that at all. But if that's the case, and you have uh, giant offspring, when you got fallen angel and woman equaling giant hybrid, then when you take fallen angel and wolf or gorilla or something like that what's the offspring going to be right. you know maybe a giant dog also known as dog man mm-hmm. or bigfoot right. and uh you know <laughs> so it's like and if that's the case then you know would these creatures have supernatural abilities like their fathers did naturally uh which would kind of explain why people say they see these things doing weird things like disappearing or you find a trackway and all of a sudden it's it leads to nothing like it's just gone like there's footprints in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden they're just gone and it's like where did it go you know right uh so it it would kind of explain some things in my mind uh is that how you think too uh i think when we start talking about uh cryptids uh, that we see today we're diving into a uh, not another topic but a different part of the topic we've been discussing and that's the fallen i don't think they're uh remnants of the giants i think these are demonic entities because what demonic well first of all satan has been here of course since the very beginning and since that time he has been placing props up around the planet. Some are uh, structural props, I guess you could say. Uh, Pyramids, I would consider to be a structural prop so that later generations, when they're looking back at these things, they're, you know, they're at odds with each other. They can't explain these things. And you just end up in this loop of unexplained phenomenon and history that we can't get to the bottom of. In the case of Bigfoot, there are certain things that are, you know, of course, very similar to uh, apparitions and demonic entities that they do. Okay, so demons use this technique called seduction. And what they will do is they will show you just a glimpse uh, just a faint glimpse, a flash of something. You can't really dis- discern what it is. You know, you can barely see it. It's usually at a distance. Uh, you usually have distorted imagery if you try to uh, capture it on film. And this is a game of seduction. And what they are doing is they're trying to lure people in to this idea that it is. Uh, Something separate, just like you aliens. Uh, and this is what Satan has been doing since the beginning. He's been trying to uh, position these things so that they look like aliens, they look like Bigfoot, 
They look like Dogman. They look like uh, the Chimera. All these different things, you know, we can relate that to uh, hybrids. Uh, but essentially, their functions are the same. They're to try to seduce man into thinking this is what they are so that you spend all your time investigating something that you will never get to the bottom of. And they all, it, this, is, this has been a uh, constant tool of theirs since the beginning. And they're very proficient at it. Uh, one of the things when it comes to demonic harassment is that most of the time when it comes to demons in particular, uh, many people don't see them. Okay, uh, they may see uh, poltergeist activity, uh, but for the most part, when they see ghost apparitions, these are more uh, humanoid, I guess you could say. And so people separate the two. They think one is malevolent, and they think the other is probably the spirit of someone who's passed on. To me, they're all the same. So, you know, Bigfoot, Dogman, Demons, to me, they're all the same in different forms. What the seduction does is it gives you, uh, it opens, it helps them to get to you mentally. It, it, it kind of opens doorways. And, you know, it, uh, it takes you, uh, off of a path because what you start thinking is that uh, there are other things out there besides the uh, extra dimensional entities, which we would call probably angels or demons. To me, there's only, there's only those two. I, I don't know if there's anything else out there that would be extra dimensional, but the only thing that I can think of that would be an extra dimensional being would be an angel or demon. Anything else, is probably just the same thing in a different form. Okay. I don't, I don't, um, discount the existence of extraterrestrials, um, because I really don't know, but they do carry with them the same, uh, patterns. If you, if you kind of look at the sightings, these are not things that stick around and they only, visible to certain people in certain times. And there's a lot of similarities between these sightings and sightings of orbs and sightings of Bigfoot. And they're usually in areas that are uh, more remote than, uh, you know, an urban environment. But I, I don't, uh, I don't believe that, uh, you know, especially Bigfoot. Bigfoot is one thing. Now, there's people who have, uh, you know, they have the, they have state-of-the-art technology when they're hunting these things, and uh, you know, it's something that they just can't get to the, you know, they can't, they're getting nowhere. They just can't. I mean, it's been long to say they're getting nowhere. They are getting somewhere, but it's leading them in a loop. Okay, it's kind of like taking them in a full circle, and so you know it. These entities, these uh, the Bigfoot, if it is a, an intelligent psychic being that can uh, go in and out of uh, dimensional portals, 
you know, that sounds like a, uh, uh, an evil spirit or a angel or demon, as you would call it to me. No, yeah, you're absolutely right with that. I mean, there, there are definitely features about these things that kind of take you right back to the idea of how uh, demons operate. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard these stories or not, but, you know, you hear stories of people, you know, saying that they were, they had an encounter with a dog man and they rebuked it in Jesus' name and it left. Uh, you hear about those kind of things and it makes you think, okay, well, what are we dealing with here then? Uh, is this something that right. is more of a demonic entity or, um, you know, or what, you know, uh, I, I, I really, I really try to refrain from drawing, uh, secure conclusions as to what these things are. I mean, I have my ideas, I have my own thoughts and stuff, but, uh, I, when it all boils down to is I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. If I've, you, if you were like to, uh, do you know what a magna penna squid is? No, I have no idea what that is. This is a deep ocean squid, and it looks like it looks like an alien. It looks like the aliens from Independence Day. If you're actually the Google picture of one, you could probably bring it up real easily. Um, and they found this creature, in, you know, at the bottom of the ocean. Bigfoot is not at the bottom of the ocean. Okay. We can find all types of animals, almost every animal that we know of, we have been able to track, we've been able to hunt, we've been able to bring evidence of his existence to, you know, to the table, or, you know, as for Bigfoot, this is still a mystery, okay? Why is that? Why is this, why can't we get to the bottom of this? Why can't we find one that's even dead? Can we find one that's dead? Can we bring it back? Is there stories of anyone? I don't know if you know of any stories that anyone has killed one uh, and has it. But uh, for the most part, if this were just an animal, you know, I'm sure we would have some evidence of that. And this would be, you know, some type of, uh, you know, discovery channel type of thing. here. You know, it would be... <laughs> It would be presented as such, but we don't have that. We have, uh, you know, just a phenomena, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say that there, there are reports of people that have shot these things or even have killed them, uh, which kind of, like, takes me back to you know what is this then you know because is if is it half physical is it half uh paranormal or or what um you know i've heard different stories uh of these things attacking people and then getting shot uh there i had a guy on my show from west virginia who claimed he had killed one and the hardest thing about that whole show was uh it's the common story of where's the body right and uh, it's something that right. he, he was unable to provide, and it was uh, something he was unable to pho photograph. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, take it for a grain of salt, I guess. I, I believe the guy. I When I talked to him and stuff, the details that he shared and the things that he said uh, really led me to believe that this happened to him. And uh, I'm, I'm still in communication with the guy, and he is trying to get 
pictures of this. Like when he for, when this first thing happened to him, he was like, "I'm gonna get pictures of these. I see them all the time. I'm gonna get pictures of them. I'm gonna show the whole world that they exist, and we'll be done with this." And that was his attitude about it. He just is like, "This isn't gonna be hard." And uh, that was like a year ago, and he still is having a hard time, you know, getting pictures of these things uh he has a secret facebook group that he started there's only like a handful of people like maybe like five people in this group i'm one of them and he just posts videos in there of what he's planning on doing and stuff with trying to you know he's like i have this thing set up here that this and the other uh but no there's no to no avail you know and this is somebody who says that he's he's when he first saw him he was 14 years old and he continues to see him to this day uh it's it's on they're on properties around where he grew up and this is a, like a very common thing for him. He hears them and things like that. And so when he decided to try getting it on camera, uh, I think he's starting to figure out that there might be something more to this because he doesn't understand why he can't get it on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it's very, it, the topic of Bigfoot and, uh, you know, Dogman, the same thing. They're very odd. It, it's hard to pin it down to one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I mean, my opinion about that is, you know, the reason he can't get footage of this is for the same reason it's very difficult to get footage of a, an alien or a, uh, a, a an apparition, a ghost for that matter. You know, they're the same, they have the same technical issues. And one of the other things is once you start seeing these things, you don't stop seeing them. And that kind of goes along with the... Uh, shadow people <clears throat> yeah well you know i've had experience with this <clears throat> uh, excuse me with uh sleep paralysis i've woken up plenty of times with uh entities standing in the corner of the room or just approaching me while i'm sleeping um, at that point i either snap out of it or you know i try to rebuke it and then it just it just vanishes or i wake up I've woken up calling out God's name several times. Uh, this has just kind of become a habit of mine. <laughs> As it happens so often, I don't even sleep on my back anymore because of the uh, experiences that I usually have when I'm sleeping on my back. Really? Um, yeah, this can, I mean, this can happen. It can happen without you sleeping on your back. But for me, I have the most vivid dreams and I have these episodes when I'm, Every time I'm sleeping on my back. So, you know, there might be something to that. It might be have something to do with the uh, blood flow to the brain and gravity with a uh, position you're sleeping in. But for the most part, you know, it seems like the, the stories are very common and similar when it comes to all these entities. And uh, it always ends up the same way where we have very limited evidence you know, and, you know, it's kind of weird that people are looking for video footage or pictures when, you know, no one believes that stuff these days anyway. You know, there's, <laughs> I mean, you can't use videos for evidence anymore these days. So with all the technology we have, anybody can make up anything. Props, makeup, all this type of things you can do to uh, uh, simulate something. But, you know, it, it, to me, it all comes back down to one thing. You know, uh, you know, I try not to get too uh, evangelistic about it. You know, I just, you know, there's certain things that resonate and then there's certain things that are just, you know, that doesn't make any sense, you know. 
but you know, it just it just doesn't. So I look at it as you know, with these people who are encountering these things, you know, uh, there's some stories where these things tend to follow them all the way into their home where they're experiencing that. Not only do they experiencing Bigfoot, they're experiencing UFOs, you know, which is pretty uh, uh, spectacular for one person to witness all these things at once. But, you know, I tend to think they're the same thing. And they're just in different forms. And what they're doing is they're trying to uh, manipulate people into believing that uh, they're all different. So that you are uh, confused about to what they really are. Running off of this kind of topic and stuff like that, uh, I, before we, you know, have to end the show, I wanted to get into a little bit of uh, the ho- the idea of the hollow earth, uh, because I know that there is a thought and theory out there that that is how the Nephilim survived the flood that the hollow earth, they went into the earth and they survived. Uh, could you expound on what the hollow earth is? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, as far as I, well, that is one way to survive a flood. The only way you can survive a flood is basically in that arc or if you're in a chamber under the earth, okay? Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of, uh, what is this, Colonel Billy Woodard? Uh, heard of him? Yeah, he, yeah. He claims to have uh, resided there for some time. The satellites we have today are capable of sending out ground penetrating radar. Now, a number of years ago, and I can't remember the the exact technique, but it involves using two satellites: one on one side of the Earth, and you have another satellite on the opposite side of the Earth. And what you can do is, if you bounce radio waves through the Earth out to that other satellite and bounce radio waves back, what you can get is a uh, stereographic image, like an X-ray of the Earth. And from what I understand, they have found massive pockets uh, underneath the crust, uh, some with oceans. and it's just uh, it's something that, you know, you can start with when it comes to uh, uh, investigating Hollow Earth. Um, what's inside Hollow Earth, I don't know too much about. Um, I was more, at the time when I was investigating it, I was looking for more of the entrances into it. Um, I know that some believe that there are entrances in the uh, north and southern poles. Uh, as well as in other few caves around the planet. But uh, I haven't been able to find anything concrete. You see, uh, testimonies, are, you know, I can only uh, get so much information out of testimonies. And, uh, you know, sometimes people can, uh, they can present themselves as knowing a little too much. I don't know if that makes sense, you know. Sure. Uh, there are certain people out there that, you know, they uh trying to think of someone that uh, I don't want to say any names, but uh, there are certain uh, researchers that, you know, when they speak, they 
about uh, scientific things on the Earth, they also throw in there things about uh, extraterrestrials, as if they've met the terrestrials. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, all right, so you know, you now you're going into a realm that most people know absolutely nothing about. So it's kind of like whatever you're telling us, you know, could be completely made up. You know, there's no way for anyone to uh, confirm that part of the story, you know? And it's like when you mix, uh, when you mix science fiction in with uh, known reality, it kind of, it kind of uh, puts you in a uh, category, you know, as a, you know, maybe a quack or a lunatic you know, a lunatic or something like that. You know, people think they're crazy. And, you know, it's not that they're crazy. It's that they have, you know, a certain knowledge that they've accumulated. And so they've uh, settled in certain beliefs, you know. Whether or not they've met aliens or not, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I tend to leave the latter. I think that, you know, when it comes to hollow earth, um, it's a little bit more uh, believable than, you know, something like flat earth. There but, you go. Uh, because, yeah, because, you know, you they, there are caves, there are massive caves that you could fit, you know, two football fields in. And uh, some even bigger than that. And uh, we really don't have any, uh, you know, going into the earth. Is just, is just as dangerous as going into space, just as dangerous as going deep into the ocean. These are things that are kind of uh, out of our reach. And so, you know, uh, we have to base our, uh, what we know on testimonies, uh, people who actually do the in-depth research. And that's pretty much as far as we can go with that, unless you actually lead expeditions to visit some of these places, you know, this is what we're left with. Right. And, you know, you mentioned flat earth there. I was going to ask you what you thought was more plausible, hollow earth or flat earth, but I got my answer. Uh, you know, when it comes to flat earth and stuff like that, uh, I've always just written it off. Uh, and I have my reasons for that. Uh, but because of the show that I do and stuff, I just told my wife yesterday, I looked at her, I said, listen, I'm going to start looking into flat earth. And I, I said, I don't expect to ever find anything that changes my mind from what it is. <laughs> but I told her, I said, if I start finding something that makes starts making sense in my head, I'm going to need you to check it out too, to tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, or, or, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to her. Cause my wife is a very logical thinker. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I either talk me off the edge or tell me there's something here. But uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna give it a fair shake because I know there's several of my listeners who are flat earthers. They've reached out to me and told me I should look into it because I've before have, uh, I, I haven't mocked it. I, I guess I mocked it a little bit. Uh, you know, because I, one of my things is. You know, I have a, a a good mixed audience. You know, and but some of my audience is uh, Christian, and they say that you know in the Bible it talks about the when they describe the Earth, they talk about being on pillars and and the firmament and things like that. And one of the things that I I always come back to with that is uh, I don't believe that 
God, when people wrote the Bible, I don't believe that God kind of um, wrote like wrote and had their arms write the Bible uncontrollably. I think that these people that wrote the Bible were selected by God. And I think that they were the perfect selection by God because uh, they went through the perfect life experiences to get to where they were to, to be just the perfect person to write the Bible. I think that God selected these people and he inspired it, but I don't think they wrote uncontrollably to write down the Bible. And I say that because uh, I, I also, um, with flat earth, I, I don't think that we should hold people who wrote the Bible 2000 years ago, uh, up to the magnifying glass to today's 20, 2018's science. So it, over 2000 right. years, we have progressed in science and back then they believed the earth was flat. They really did. And, and, and that's okay because that's what, the, where their science was at, but science progressed. And as science, it, it's like, should God have told or had the, these people write uncontrollably to write according to the science of 2000 years later? You know what I mean? Because that's what would have had to happen in order for them to write down that the earth was round. They would have had to write something that they didn't think could exist, but they write it because they they were told to write it or something like that. You know what I mean? And I, I, I know that that kind of frustrates people when I say those kind of things, uh, because it, it, might, it might sound like I think that some things in the Bible are inaccurate. I don't think they're inaccurate at all, but I think you have to put it up to a, a cultural context of when the Bible was written. The Bible was written by real human beings who had real life experiences 2,000 years ago, and that helped shape what they wrote in the Bible. And uh, I think Flat Earth is a... Um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I think Flat Earth is a... Uh, repercussion of that you know i think because of that those circumstances uh flat earth was put in the bible and i don't think that we should look at it today with all the science we have and and uh think that the earth is flat you know especially like there's simple things like when elon musk shoots a rocket in this in the space and there's uh you know a camera in our space shooting the earth on live feed I mean, and but every time you bring that up, now it's no longer just the Earth is flat and we've never been in outer space. But now it's yeah, we're they're saying we're in outer space, but that's a hologram. And now all of a sudden we're bringing in these third parties of conspiracy to cover up that the well, Earth is, is no flat. Space. Right, there exactly. Is no space on flat Earth. So <laughs> I get so much heat. I've become desensitized by this. You know. Um, Sometimes I go and I look for flat earthers. I'm like, no flat earthers today? Oh, okay. So, you know, <laughs> I've gotten to the point. I've gotten to the point. Well, you know, it doesn't bother me. And it doesn't bother me to say what I say. You know, I, I, I have no problem with people being offended to their belief in flat earth. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's a, you know, this is the earth we're talking about here. You know, this is, um, one of the things, you know, the devil is always at work, okay? And so he's even going to manipulate people through the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of his best tools to manipulate people through. And uh, people, you know, they, you know, these are translated texts, they're very old, and uh, the translations can, you know, it can be translated several different ways, depending on who translates the uh, text. Clearly. Uh, 
yeah, you can take things out of the Bible and say, you know, this is, it's not proof, you know, of the fact that we don't really know the Bible, you know, we don't really know if the Bible is, you know, what it's supposed to be because it was something that was put together by, you know, powers that uh, had certain agendas, you know. I do think it has maintained its integrity throughout the years, and it is the word of God. I do believe that. Um, I think with all the different uh, types of Bibles that we have today, you know, there's going to be some uh, discrepancies. There's going to be some inconsistencies there. The flat earth (laughs) is, you know, it's an interesting thing, but to me, I think it was intended to put Christians at odds with each other, to be honest with you, uh, since this whole thing started. And it hasn't been that long. It's only been, you know, a couple of years or so. And most of the people who are flat earth believers have only been believing this for that long. You know, it's not like uh, Eric DeBay was, this is what he believed, always believed, you know. Uh, His story in particular, you know, if you go to his channel, you can see that his videos start out with, uh, uh, you know, more spiritual things, uh, martial arts, things of that nature. And as you go later on into his videos, you can see his first video on Flat Earth and you can see the numbers jump up. And since that video, he's continued to go forward with this whole Flat Earth uh, venture, you know. Um, you can actually go and look up when the uh, first uh, few Flat Earth videos were released. You know, you can Google this stuff and uh, it could take you to, you know, dates to show you how old this uh, theory is. And, you know, it it uh, it resonates with a lot of people because of the fact that, you know, it makes them feel like they are truthers and they are doing a service to those who follow, you know. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not against that. You know, I think that, you know, if that's what you believe, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, I caution anyone not to go so deep into any one topic. This is one of the things that I, I try not to do. I try not to go too deep into any one topic because it is seductive. A lot of these topics are so seductive. You can find yourself, you know, like a lot of people, they write 800, 600 page books on the subject, you know, and I'm like, what is in this book? <laughs> that it's this long, you know, and a lot of them are photographs and, you know, it's very convincing evidence, but, uh, this is what happened. If you, if you dive too deep into one particular topic, it can take hold of you. And, you know, a lot of times it's very hard to escape that and you'll get settled in opinions. You'll get settled in ideas that, you know, deep down inside that are not that are not reality, they're not true. And you'll just start uh, parroting information. And a lot of them do. They just parrot information. Um, a lot of these uh, experiments that they do are parroted experiments. You know, they're repeated experiments that fail. Uh, so, you know, it, it, um, it's interesting. And it's interesting because that it brings up all these other conspiracy theories and that's what i think really is the only 
good thing about Flat Earth is that it does have people question other things because when you start to research Flat Earth, you start to research space, you start to research Hollow Earth, you start to research all the, the NASA, uh, you start to research all these different things and it really does open doors to a world of information that you can uh, get into from there. So, you know, I don't think it's, you know, a bad thing in the sense that, you know, it can open people up to new ideas and get them to start to investigate things on their own. It's just that uh, I think people can get a little too uh, deep into it to where, you know, they start looking like a wacko, you know? Right. And And that's the thing. I mean, when it comes to flat earth, I don't care either way. Like if, if right right now with my stance on you know the earth is not flat if i'm wrong i'll still go to sleep at night like it's not going to change my life right. like i've made it 32 years on this flat earth then so i guess i'm doing something right i i don't care if the earth is flat or a sphere i just don't care and so, but I, I want to look into it because I know it's obviously a, a, a very hot topic right now. And there's, I'm seeing more and more people become flat earthers and I'm just like, all right, let me just look into this to see, you know, because I've, I've listened to different things and here and there, but I just, let, let me just give it a fair shake and, uh, you know, question everything though, you know, cause it's one of those things where they're going to, you're going to get flooded with information and it's just like, as you get this information, you got to question everything. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, something that's just like a very hot topic. Uh, I even brought it up to my wife a few months back and stuff. And I, I told her some of the things that, you know, it, just logically speaking, you know, I can understand where these people are coming from. She got so defensive. She's like, ah, how could people, how could people believe that? You know, like she got so irritated <laughs> and I was like, I said, stop. Why are you acting like that? Like, like there's some, everybody gets so frustrated that I think it's, my wife's a very intelligent person. And I think, uh, there's something to do with people who are, are very intelligent and, uh, having a hard time comprehending how people could even fathom the earth being flat. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, I'm a pretty, I'm not, let's just put it this way. I'm not as intelligent as my wife. And so I don't get offended by it as much. I don't know. Well, you know, that puts people in into a authority, authoritative position of uh, knowledge, you know, when they, uh, you know, present that to people, you know, because a lot of people don't look into it because, you know, the idea comes across as silly to a lot of people until they actually start to investigate it. And then it can take you on a ride where you're, you can believe some things, but some things are still a question. But for the most part, there are a lot of things. If, if I weren't so exhausted by the research I've done on flat earth, I mean, it's it, it's been a it's been a wild ride. I have looked through so many documents, and I've watched so many presentations on this. I, I've like I'm mentally uh, exhausted from the whole thing because it is such a uh, topic of interest for a lot of people, and it's growing. You're right; it is growing, and that's kind of telling for the times we're living in right now, where. Uh, you know, uh, it rewrites history. You know, right now I'm looking into the uh, ancient Egyptians in the Grand Canyon. And, uh, you know, 
when you start to investigate these things, you know, now you have to go sit back and now you have to look at everything else that you've investigated. You have to look at the pyramids and everything you know about the Egyptians and the ancient Europeans and, you know, the Sumerians. And now you have to go over here to North America, Central North America, and where there are claims that a lot of these structures are actually much older than what we find in Egypt and in the uh, uh, Mediterranean area. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, this flat earth thing is, is you know, is, is something to uh, uh, divide knowledge amongst people. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, buying time for dark entities to do what they need to do. You know, it kind of like it's a distraction, in other words. Because we are, you know, you can look at the events around us with the uh, volcanic activity. Uh, there's several earth changes that are occurring. And when the earth changes, and this is another thing, when the earth changes, the biology of everything that lives on the earth changes as well. So you have these animals today, we're, we're, we're discovering new species of animals. Um, the behavior in animals is changing. Of course, the weather is changing. Uh, we are entering a area of space that is debris filled <clears throat> and, uh, all these things are, uh, changing the atmosphere, they're changing the environment. And so therefore everything living on it, including us are changing biology, biologically. So, you know, that, that's bringing up a lot of symptoms. People are, uh, getting headaches, uh, heart problems, hot flashes. Uh, there's small things like uh, hums. People are starting to get more uh, tinnitus, uh, buildup of earwax, heavy buildup of earwax. There's a lot of different things that are <clears throat> happening to people that they can't explain. And when they visit their uh, primary practitioner, they, you know, they can't explain it, you know? So there are... A lot of things that are connected to each other. Uh, flat Earth kind of, you know, spread things out and it kind of like shows you uh, there. It's basically just a bunch of different theories mashed up into one theory. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the times when you listen to these debates or when you uh, listen to these presentations on Flat Earth, you know, it's not really about the shape of the Earth, it's more or less about NASA space, uh, and certain other things that are, you know, disbelieved by uh, certain groups. So, you know, you can take what you want from that you know, yeah. and make a conclusion. And, and that's one of the things where, you know, like NASA, I, I, don't, I don't trust NASA. I don't trust NASA. And I think this flat earth theory is drawing people's distrust in government, in organizations like NASA and uh, maybe even the need for mystery. And it's, it's really playing into a lot of different things. Like you said earlier, I mean, it's not just about the shape of the earth now. It's, it's about so many things, you know, and it's just, you know, that's why I want to give it a, a solid look into. I'm going to really actually look into it. I heard of Eric Dubay. I'm going to actually check out his stuff. And, I'm, and we're just going to go from there. You know what I mean? And maybe one day I'll have a flat earth show where, you know, I have a flat earther and a, um, 
what heliocentric guy come on and have a civil debate. Uh, I, I think that would be something that maybe would be beneficial for people and enjoyable. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be, it should be interesting, but, uh, right now I'm going to definitely check it out and stuff like that. But, uh, Jay, man, listen, before we get out of here, uh, is there any, you know, parting words you'd like to say, like, you know, maybe, you know, when, when's the next video coming out and do you, can you reveal the topic or anything like that? Sure. The, uh, I'll have another one, uh, out this week. I'm not really sure when it'll be earlier this week. Uh, this is going to go into the topic of, uh, again, earth changes, but it's going to focus mainly on ancient civilizations and what were they doing in Central and North America at those times, you know? So, um, I'm really going to try and dive deep into that topic and try to, uh, expand on the other topics that I've discussed and try to connect the dots because a lot of these things, as you can see, we're going into one topic to the other. They are, they are connected. Right. So, you know, in one way or the other, but, uh, you know, should be a, uh, great show coming up and, uh, you know, the one after that will be even uh, better. Absolutely. I highly encourage people to check out your channel again. It's Woodward TV, Woodward TV, W O O D W A R D TV. That's Woodward TV on YouTube. He has a ton of, uh, videos, he comes out with a new video about once a week, and they're all t- kinds of topics that we typically discuss on this show, whether it's cryptids or conspiracy or anything like that. So uh, definitely check out Woodward TV on YouTube. Uh, Jay, thanks for being here, man. Oh, thank you, Tony. Great to be here. This is how it's gonna be. This is what you think of me. It's going down like I told you This is how it's gonna be I'll be the last man standing here I'm not going anywhere It's going down like I told you I'll be the last man standing here
have you begging for mercy, begging for mercy. Oh.